Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello tribe and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek and I love you so much. And I know how powerful you are. I know how brilliant you are. I know what a genius you are. I know how creative you are. And I know that you have this powerful light source inside of you that has infinite intelligence that is ready 
and now coming out even more so than ever, shining out into the world and creating new collective experiences, both individually and collectively, of intelligent frequency of love and kindness and generosity and playfulness and creativity and innovation and so much more. This light intelligence that's inside of you that I see so clearly is changing the world. And it's changing your life for the better. Every single thing that has caused you difficulty, pain, and harm, any form of suffering you've gone through, that light is now clearing that energy up. And I see it also clearly inside of your body. And I know that that energy is continually, constantly, every day, 24 hours a day, clearing up energies in your life so that more beautiful gifts of love and appreciation and value is coming into your life from people to experiences and to any type of thing that would make you happy. And I see it. I know it. And I know how powerful this energy is. And I'm so happy for it. You see, everyone, when we understand that life is about how we choose to perceive it, now, a lot of times people don't realize that when they look at something or they view something or hear something, it doesn't matter what you hear and what you see. What matters is how you choose to perceive it, how you choose to speak about it, and how your brain chooses to understand it. And if you spent more time thinking and speaking in ways that are actually creating value to life, meaning that you're filling in more colors, more joy, more happiness with all the different frequencies that you can bring to this planet because you are a frequency maker, because you are a source of great power connected to a collective source of power connected to all multidimensional levels of power. And that power source has the ability to generate its own code and its own frequency. Now you're thinking, what do you mean by generate your own code and your own frequency? That means that your power source of intellect is able to create code and frequency based on the ability of your awareness knowing that it can. That means that every time you speak, you're writing code. And every time you perceive something, you're writing code. And every time you think something, you're writing code. And so when you begin to operate in the awareness that you can write amazing codes into the lives of people, into your life, into the world, every time you open your mouth, every time you think, and every time you perceive something, you are actually bringing code to it by the way you're choosing to perceive it through the intellect of observation. So that way you're able to access higher dimensional frequencies the more you are willing to play within those fields of those energies, meaning you play within the playground of higher energy. Playing in the playground of higher energy just basically means that you choose and select words and thoughts and perceptions that are always supporting the highest frequency of any type of situation. That gives you a great power in life because in that moment, you are able to create a, how do we say, a beautiful, beautiful spectrum of energy that is operating in consciousness through the person who created it, which is you or another person, and send that out into the world because that's what energy is. Energy is imprinted consciousness given direction and understanding by the creator, which is you and me and every single thing around us, right? And so nature has its own intelligent 
system. It's quite brilliant, to be honest. It's one of the best technologies on the planet because nature constantly regenerates itself through its own magnetic energy field, therefore creating a complete harmonic energy frequency that is constantly sent out through its code writing. So nature writes code as well, but nature's code is to support every living thing. How beautiful is that, right? So when we think of Gaia, Pachamama, the divine father, divine mother, that's earth. We recognize that the energy or the spirit of earth is always operating in the energy code writing to support all life. That's why you have such an amazing ecosystem. Well, guess what else has that same code writing? Your body, your biological spacesuit, right? Your your physiology is based on the understanding of supporting every single organism, cell, membrane, and anything inside of your body that exists. Everything is supporting everything. So if your breath ran out, then it would affect your blood, it would affect your bile, it affects your organs and everything else and so forth and so on, right? So it's this beautiful, amazing, harmonic energy that is collectively sourcing and resourcing and rebuilding and regenerating so that it can support each other, so that it can support being a vessel in which your spirit can be within. Now, what people don't realize is that when you say negative things out of your mouth, when you actually speak out of your mouth in a negative way, you are actually creating an energy form that once was love, that once was this beautiful source energy, right? And that source energy just is this beautiful frequency of harmonic frequency of love. It's just energy. It's just this beautiful energy. And you've taken it and you've imprinted something on it with uh, directions of what it should do, or even the idea of the what you want other people to perceive from it by just the way you explain it. So if I say to someone, you are such a beautiful human being, I see amazing possibilities in you, and I love how you're always growing and opening up doorways to new and exciting adventures. Okay, so in the way that I spoke, I spoke in writing code into that person that has possibility, shows that they have ability to open up doors, they're beautiful, all of these different things are codes that I'm writing, right? Those codes are written energy forms that have directives and has energy that is being given to them. And then that energy amplifies itself through them and creates more amazing experiences. But if I say, you are an idiot, I am now taking an energy source of creation, imprinting idiot on it and the energy of what idiot represents into that energy and then sending it over to the other person through my mouth thus writing code into them and if that person accepts the 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 how do i say the package right then they will then begin to call themselves an idiot because now they've embodied the idiot energy that I sent to them. So you can say to someone, you're an idiot, you'll never amount to anything. But if that person is resilient in the understanding of how energy actually operates in the universe, they will not receive the package. The package gets delivered to their home, which is their body or their mind or their emotions, right? And they see it and they go, wait a second, 
I see that this package has some kind of weird gas fumes coming out of it, right? I'm not going to open it. I'm not going to accept it. So I, I, I'm going to reject this package, right? And then rejecting it allows you to stay in a place of safety and security because you're honoring that you will only accept codes that are being sent by other conscious beings or unconscious beings or just basically creators is the best way to express it. And those codes that are being sent by those creators doesn't mean you have to accept it. You don't have to accept a creator code that a creator is sending you just because they're sending it to you. You think you're supposed to accept it. And that's where they didn't teach us in school. That's what they didn't show us in life. When we were in grade school and kindergarten and elementary school and junior high and high school, that when someone would say something to us, we would get really hurt and offended and sad and come home and be like, I don't want to go to school the next day. People are, the kids are so mean to me. They're saying mean things to me. They're calling me names and all these things. We didn't have parents who had that education as well because they would have said just because they say a code to you because they're sending you a creator code that they're created doesn't mean you have to accept the code into your technology, right? Which is your life technology, which is your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, right? It's this life technology. And so we didn't get that education. So what did we do? We accepted their code and we took the code in and make it our own. Because the moment you take any code in, you are actually merging with that intelligence. So if you call up a spirit that is there to bring scarcity to you, right? Scarcity spirits, uh, dark entities, parasites, any of these things that come from the underworld can only come to you if you house a certain amount of darkness in your energetic field and not just in your energetic field, but in your electromagnetic energy field, which is actually creating magnetized energy through whatever's sitting in it. That's the difference between going in nature where you can just be in magnetic energy that's keeping me filled up and keeps re replenishing your energetic field. So that way you're just getting new magnetic energy. The difference is when you bring a negative energy into your electromagnetic energy field, your electromagnetic energy field now starts projecting magnetic frequencies in the world to match whatever's inside of that energy field. And all of a sudden you start having negative events, negative situations, and negative people coming in your life who are matching that frequency. That's the reason when people say like attracts like, or when they talk about like, you know, energy and frequency, are connected because if a person is beating up on themselves inside, that means that that's what they're holding in their electromagnetic energy field. So when they go out and to meet people or want to start dating people, they're going to attract someone who beats them up um, in the same way they beat themselves up and vice versa. And the thing is, the reason why is because your electromagnetic energy field is a pulse generator that accesses electric um, frequencies of magnetic energy vibrations. That means every energy that is in and around you can be pulled in if the energy already inside is of like frequency. So if you are a being who only allows love codes to be inserted into your being to merge with and you are com com completely opening yourself up to more of that frequency, then you're going to attract more experiences of love in your life because your electromagnetic energy field is going to pulse those frequencies and those codes and wait for a response in the universe and then it's going to um, open up the receptors to receive Receive the incoming package of all the different experiences. It could be a person, it could be an event, it could be a word, it could be an idea, it could be, you know, any of these things, right, that comes in. It could be a spirit, it can be a multiple things. Like if 
You know, if I walked around every single day holding on to frustration and anger and annoyance and agitation, I'm going to attract more of that in my life. And people can call it the law of attraction. I call it electromagnetic energy pulse that is going out into the world of code and receptors are now picking it up on its return package of sending out that energy. It's kind of like sending out a beacon and saying, hey, anything that matches this frequency, come with me. And then those frequencies come back to you and you receive them. And then when you receive them, you merge with them. And that's what we are. We're merging human beings. We're merging with energies all the time. We don't even realize we're merging with it because we haven't been taught about energy properly. And so because we're merging with it, it creates a lot of distortion in people's lives and not just distortion um, individually, but collectively and actually physically that we see in the world in the way that the governments in the world plays out because we have not been taught to understand distorted frequencies or energy frequencies that are aggressive, energy frequencies that are meant to attack and insult pain, energy frequencies that are destructive, energy frequencies that are insulting, energy frequencies that can do a lot of things that can affect us if we merge with it. So when we begin to understand that anytime someone is ever doing anything that is not demonstrating love or coming from a place of love and kindness and compassion and understanding and acceptance, then they are operating in a field of lack, limitation and fear and scarcity, then they're going to create frequencies that match those vibrations. So when someone says, I can't understand why this negative person is in my life. Well, that's because you have negative energy sitting in somewhere in your electromagnetic field that you didn't clean out. It could have been something that you picked up on when you were a kid or at some point in your life or another. And that negative energy or that frequency of energy is held within the electromagnetic field, sending out a pulse of the same energy to be able to attract that same energy right back to you. So you could be a person who has done all this spiritual work what I mean, like taking, you know, workshops and going on lectures and doing all kinds of book readings and retreats and you, you name it. It could be a multiple of things, right? But the thing we have to understand is this, is that it doesn't matter how many times you choose to go to these retreats or read these books or do yoga or Pilates or whatever it may be that you're doing these days. If you have a frequency inside of your electromagnetic energy field, that energy is going to send out a code to connect with other frequencies that match the same vibration and draw it right to you. Even if you're doing all these other spiritual things, until you clean out those energies stuck in your electromagnetic energy field, you're going to keep creating the same thing over and over and over again. No matter how many books you read and no matter how many seminars you go to, it's going to be the same until you start accepting the books and the seminars and the energy you're reading and start inserting that into your electromagnetic energy field. That being said, the major reason why people insert things into their electromagnetic energy field is either from shock, is from some kind of reaction. It could be good or, or bad, meaning that from the perspective of duality, you're receiving it, perceiving it from a place of not good or from a place of being good, but not from a place of neutrality. You're not looking at it from a neutral place. You're looking at it from a good or bad place, which keeps duality, creates quantum entanglement, and therefore creates that energy to get locked in the electromagnetic energy field. But that's not even just that. If you experience pain or pleasure or any of these things, but most people don't 
spent enough time incorporating acts of pleasure into their life, meaning they're not waking up and going, what is the pleasure principle for today? How much pleasure can I give myself today that will allow me to anchor that energy of pleasure in my electromagnetic energy field and attract more pleasurable experiences and pleasurable people? And you get my point. So the thing is, is that we're not a pleasure-associated uh, society. We're not based in pleasure. We're based in pleasure only when it supports us being able to take our power back and we go into pleasurable places. Places when we feel like you know we're building intimacy with someone, or having sex with someone, or we're you know we're watching something that's pleasurable, but are eating something that's pleasurable, but we're not living pleasurable lives. In 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 fact, we spend more time telling ourselves horrible stories, nightmares, scary things to take away the pleasure and put us back in a state of, of lack, limitation, and scarcity, and fear. And that is a virus in itself. And so as we begin to say, okay, well, you know what? I don't want to have these viruses. I don't want to have you know, fear as a virus and merge with different types of spirits like despair and suicide or loss or hate or all these types of things, right? Or poverty. These spirits can only merge with you when you hold a certain amount of density in your energetic field. The more density, the more attractive you look to these beings that would want to merge with you and allow you to become something that they are. And instead of you taking them and turning them and bringing them into the light and transmutating them and bringing them through alchemy and returning them back into their original form... Or just basically dismiss them from your energetic field with your light consciousness so that you are imprinting energies into the world that are actually supportive to the world, supportive to the people, the animals, the natural kingdom, supportive to every single living being and every aspect of life should be supported no matter what you do and how you do it. And so where we are in our evolution is that human beings are still operating in this idea that they have to take in these codes and frequencies that are coming from a more destructive character and a more, a more um, disassociated alignment. And they take them into their beings. They end up calling in and more beings from the darkness because of the electromagnetic energy field sends out those frequencies and then they get the return, right? Package that comes to them. It's the understanding of that very powerful field of intelligence that is so easy to give us exactly what it is that we are so desiring if we understand that even if we desire things that are negative, it's going to give it to us. It's not playing the people-pleasing game or the let me decide who's right and who's wrong game. It is not doing that at all. In fact, it's only focusing on one thing, to create, to create, to create. So that way it can create whatever it is that you believe it can create. And if you don't believe it can create, then it won't create. And that's how it goes. And if you believe you need to be punished, then you will be punished. And if you believe you'll be rewarded for what you're doing, then you will be rewarded. It's always waiting on you to make a decision on how you perceive, receive, and understand this universe and how you interact with it on a social level, as well as a spiritual level, a mental level, emotional level, and physical level. So everything that you're doing is being categorized, not energetically categorized in the way we categorize things on planet Earth, but categorized in the understanding of frequency and which one you actually are calling in and which one you are not. 
So a lot of times people don't realize that. So they don't go through the process of really getting in touch with their electromagnetic energy field, which people call the aura, or getting in touch with that energy and clearing out, doing meditations where it's all about clearing it out. One amazing hack you can do is lay on your bed, keep your eyes open, set a timer for five or 10 minutes, and then say, clean out any energy frequencies that are not pure love or unconditional love and acceptance out of my electromagnetic energy field. That way, you know that there's no negative frequencies in that field, and therefore, you know that you're going to be attracting and connecting to energies of people that in like mind are connected to the magnetic energy frequencies you're holding on to, not because of something else. So that is the initial response. The initial response is always going to be the same. How are you connecting with people? You connect with people not just by words and by how someone looks. You connect with them by magnetic frequencies and energetic energy um, cues that are being sent to you so rapidly that your brain is actually making sense of it through different experiences of nuances, such as how someone may look or how their eyes may be or how they may blink, how they may talk and so forth, how they may dress. But all of these things are really superficial as according to what the spirit is really looking at, which is their soul. Looking at their soul and then looking at the layers of their soul as it, as it, as it pertains to the physical right? And the emotional and the spiritual and realizing that all of that is just an illusion because what we see today is actually how we were treating things uh, yesterday and the day before of yesterday. And now how we decide to proceed from this place is what we end up doing moving forward. And that moving forward has to be us denying any code that isn't holding the highest light for us and writing code into life, into nature, into ourselves, into everything so that we can be abundant and prosperous, live a beautiful life and stay lit. I love you. Hey tribe, so the tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hello, tribe. And we have another tribal share, a song called I Close My Eyes with the Water Spirits by Amber Dawn. You can find Amber Dawn on Instagram at A-M-B-E-R-D-A-W-N underscore S-K-Y. Enjoy. I hear the water say it's all going to be okay. Close your eyes, hold tight, my child. Breath mothers, rebalancing things. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, it's all gonna be okay, hold tight, my child. Keep faith, share love freely and rejoice each day. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, worse has happened on this planet, my love. You'll be fine if you don't disconnect from the divine source, which is love. And remember to appreciate laughter, even in, at the hard stuff. A sense of humor will take you far. It makes a difference in the quality of your weeks, for sure. If you can maintain, maintain, maintain a sense of security in your heart, 
Tap into that divine source of love that's in your heart, in your soul. Open your heart. Remember, you are powerful. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, the ducks quack, they know there will be better days. They float on the water, careless and free. Later they'll fly and snuggle up and sleep. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, rejoice my love each day, even if it's for a moment, you'll be okay. I hear the water spirits say, Gaia's got you, love. Remember, relax and enjoy your life as much as you're capable of, which is a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I close my eyes and I hear the water say, Remember, child, you're powerful and things will be okay. Ultimately, at the end, of each day at the end of your life when you take your final breath after your lifestyle first cries and all the steps in between all the days you were wheeled someplace <laughs> I close my eyes and I hear the water say pause and rejoice in something a little even each day and we're here and you're not alone. Remember you are loved, you're connected, we all are. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, if you don't feel like rejoicing today, that's okay. Find something to hold a little bit of gratitude for, whether it's the socks on your feet, the smile from a stranger, to the lights twinkling in a city nearby that you can't even see, the laughter of children playing in the streets, in their backyards, at the schools, in their rooms, the silence, the solitude. I close my eyes and I hear the water say, child, remember you are powerful and things will be okay. Find something small, find something big. Try to rejoice a little bit every day. We love you. You are loved. Remember, you are loved and you are loved. I close my eyes and I listen to the water. And I listen to the air and the breeze and the sound of traffic in the distance. And my heart, my heart, my glorious heart, still beating after everything I've been through, after everything I've witnessed. After everything I've overcome, it is still strong and glorious, and I love it. I love you, dear listener. I love me, too, and I love this planet Earth, or I wouldn't have come here again. Remember, you are powerful. You've been likely made to feel disempowered. It was purposely set up that way, and yes, it sucks, but we're here to live another day. So don't give in and don't give up strive for a little bit of progress fuck perfection it was made up delusion anyway we are perfect in our imperfections as long as we just remember start remembering 
You're loved, sweetie. You're loved, man. Peace. Hey, Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I'm so, so happy that you are on this planet right now. And we are all bringing so much love and caring and nurturing and providing space for people to be able to move in sync with the rhythms of love and transformation that is taking place right now. And even though there are those people who are still kind of scraggling along, remember there are brothers and sisters and we're still holding space for them so they can catch up with us to realize that this is about shifting and lifting this planet and being the alchemists that we are to be able to shift and transform energy back into the frequency of love for the sake of love. And it's also important that as we're shifting energies, we're stepping into an awareness of this grand design. And there's no one better in the world to speak about design and to talk about the human design, which gives us a really beautiful blueprint on how we navigate through our lives and how we make the choices that we make, or do we make the choices that we make based on who we are. And we're going to learn about all of this from this amazing, powerful leader named Aaron Claire Jones, who uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and in their lives as their truest selves and their highest potential. Her work and guide is, is, a, is a plethora of information that she's bringing to us today and being that guide for us and speaking to so many people around the world that she's helped so many people in the community, over 80,000 people who have turned to her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and a deeper self 
knowledge of what they can become and what they are and how to bring that into life in the most beautiful and authentic way. She's been featured on Forbes, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, and Nylon, and so many other podcasts such as Almost 30, The So Retrograde, The Higher Self, and Chatty Broads. And I am so happy to have her here with us on Ancient Wisdom today. Welcome, Erin. How are you, my love? I'm doing so great. Thank you for that intro. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing? I am absolutely wonderful. I just moved into my new house. I'm getting things situated. You know, it's kind of just like figuring it out. I don't want to stress myself out too much with trying to get everything perfect because I know it's just, you know, and you just actually moved into a new place as well too. Three so days you know, ago. Yeah, yeah, same. What is it? This must be like the move time, right? <laughs> is, that, is that something that happens in the design as well? Like we have know. to wait and wait and wait and wait for the right place to show up. I can't even begin to tell you, this has been such a process for me mm. to be able to find the right place. But again, it's also important for me to be able to get into a space that's nurturing and creating that nurturing energy so I can be there for more people at this time. So 100%. I love that you share that. I feel the same. I've been living in New York City for eight years and we just moved to the woods upstate. And it's just like the most nurturing sanctuary I've ever been to. And it really is a whole different thing having that be the home. So I'm so happy you're moving. It's quite a process, but (laughs) you know, but it's a wonderful journey and I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here as well. Okay, so I want to know how you got started in, you know, tell us a little about your journey to becoming a leader and a guide and really inspiring people to move towards their path. Yeah, I mean, it was very serendipitous. So I've been working with human design for six years now, since 2015. I was sitting at a gathering in New York and basically had a stranger sit next to me and was like, can I look up your human design? I was like, okay, like, sure. I don't know what it is, but tell me everything. And he basically gave me this like mini reading that just felt like so validating. I was like, I am so not living any of that, but I recognize all of it within myself, you know? And he ended that conversation by being like, we should do this together. You should like, you would be amazing at this. We should build a business together. And um, we actually ended up building a business together for two and a half years before I launched my own practice. But I think that I just like was so immediately struck by human design. I think I had explored so many different modalities and systems, but I think the validating nature of human design where just really gives people like permission to be who they are. It's not telling them anything new. It's just like giving them a language for what they've always known and then how practical and accessible and tactical it can be in terms of like actually integrating into our lives. And and the last piece that I'd share is that I came from a business background. I was working in a lot of different startups and companies and I so immediately saw the potential for human design as a tool to help us just like function better as a unit in terms of really understanding how to work together. So it's been a wild journey. I couldn't have anticipated this would be where I was or what I was doing, but um, I'm so grateful I found it when I did. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, can we ever really anticipate what it is that's going to happen? I mean, the really wonderful ways of the spirit is absolutely, absolutely, I think, um, amazing. And you know, it's, and you were talking about it in the sense that you were working in business. Have you been utilizing the human design in helping business professionals and helping people be able to step into a different space with themselves with this knowledge and information? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was honestly the first two years of my business was purely focused on human design and business. Now I broaden it where it's really just like helping people use human design in a really empowering, accessible way. But a lot of my clients are teens, you know? And that's always been like such a draw for me because we do spend a lot of time with these people and we really kind of like understand how different they are and how best to support and navigate those dynamics. It is just unbelievable, you know? So that's my favorite work to do. And I think that I expected a lot more skepticism than I'd been met with. Like people just seem so ready and so excited. Like even the most skeptical are like, I don't know how you know all these things and how you're reflecting this back, but this is so resonant. So like, tell me everything. So I love the work with teams. I really find that so transformational. 
And is there a difference between human design and astrology? Because everyone's like, oh, here's another thing, right? Right. Like, what, what can you talk about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, honestly, the simplest answer is they're just different systems. Um, but the idea with human design is that it integrates lots of different systems. So it does pull from astrology and the Kabbalah and the I Ching and the chakra system and quantum physics and biochemistry. Like it basically is meant to kind of pull all these systems together to give us a blueprint of how we operate at our best. You know, I don't think I've ever seen like conflict with astrology in any way, you know, but it really just like helps us kind of get acquainted with our operating system and how to use it. Um, but I find them, I find it very supportive alongside lots of other systems. Amazing. Where did this whole human design first originate from? Yeah. yeah. Like how did, they, how, how did the train arrive at the station? Very mystically, you know, I think that um, it's been around since 1987. The founder, Ra Uhuru, who is no longer alive, but he channeled the system, you know? And so basically he had a very mystical experience where he received all this information and spent the next 20 years building it out, you know? And I think that I work with a lot of skeptics and a lot of people that are just like believers. And I think my reminder for people is like, the question is never like, is this true? Like, I'm never trying to convince people of anything, but it's more like, is it useful? And I just find like over and over again, people are like, oh my gosh, yes, this is the most useful. But the origins are very mystical, you know, and it's been amazing to kind of watch it come out in the mainstream more and more. I think that's beautiful. I think things like that need to come out in the mainstream more and more because we need to have more ways in which to understand ourselves as human beings. I think that's one of the the things that we've lost touch with is that we come to earth, we go into these family structures, right? With these ancestral bloodlines, are, are people even being adopted into these families, which is the spiritual bloodline, which I call it, you know, because everyone thinks they just it's just the bloodline, but it's also your spiritual, you're chosen in that spiritual line for a reason. But there's also the individual and collective aspect of how you're integrating within those structures. And if you don't know yourself, right? If you don't have a clue about who you are or like understand why you take and why you don't, then it becomes a very challenging um, situation because then you spend a great, like what, 75% of your life searching to understand yourself. Totally. And then that before you could actually make anything really like happen in a way that's actually beneficial for you, because you could be actually doing things that are so contrary to who you are or contradictive to who you are and the core nature of your being. So tell us what mm. are some of the things that you have seen when people have um, come into the human design that has actually been life-changing for others? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love that so much. I think that we often, at least my experience with human design is I had spent like so much of my life trying to be everything that I wasn't. And like human design just like basically returned me to who I was. So I think the earliest we can discover it and use it, the better. I also don't think like in the future we'll need human design, but I think in the meantime, it's an amazing tool to just remind us of who we are and remind us that we're all meant to do it differently. And so I think like things I've witnessed is that like often again, like I said, when I sit with people, it's often like giving them a language for things they've always felt, but never allowed themselves to step and do, you know, like there might be like, say a projector. So you're a projector in human design. Um, but you know, somebody perhaps like heard that, like they'd been spending their entire lives trying to be like the doer and making it happen and hustling and building and creating and just like burning themselves out in the process. Whereas they discover like, actually you're meant to be like a teacher, a leader, an advisor, a guide. You're not here to do all the doing yourself, you know, which is often such a different way of approaching things. Or like say somebody, there's a type in human design called manifesting generators. And they're basically meant to have their energy in a lot of things that 
right ones. Like they thrive when they're multi-passionate and not limited, but often they've been like made to feel like they're scattered, like they're doing too much, like they haven't chosen just one path. Whereas like they're meant to do it all and be kind of superhuman in their capacity. So it often is just like such a tremendous relief. And I think that I, what I find is that when people really kind of align with how they're designed to use their energy, how they're designed to make decisions, process information, becoming aware of all the areas where they can get taken off track, they just tend to find so much more flow in their lives because they're really showing up like as their cells, you know, and they've released any need to kind of do it like other than that. And so, and like flow in all the ways in relationships, work, money, all of it. So I think that like, I've just seen people like feel this tremendous sense of relief and witness transformation by just being themselves. You know, in today's society, we have uh, a lot of stress, as you know, and we have a lot of mental breakdown. People are going into, you know, all types of mental breakdown is leading to them to just so many complications in their life. And a lot of the things that I see as a shaman in that's repetitive over and over and over is people not knowing who they are or why they're here and what their purpose is. And that in itself has caused so much stress. Do you Mm. feel like human design is an answer for a mental health and what can be facilitated within mental health to start helping us be able to understand ourselves better so that we can actually understand our ways in which we can contribute to life? Totally. I think it reminds us of who we are and gives us all the tools to step into it. You know, I think that, and I think that's often what we need. Like, I don't think it is the one solution, but I think that often like it just like basically puts a language to all the areas that we've been like struggling and like gives us tools to work with them. And then also kind of reminds us of like what our unique potential is and how we can really own it. And so I think that like, it really does resolve so much both individually and relationally, you know, say you're working or dating or parenting somebody and you're expecting them to be like super similar to you or like different than what they are. It's probably going to be incredibly dissatisfying. (laughs) But when you really kind of like understand how different they are, how to communicate with them, how to respect it, like it just creates so much more compassion and understanding. So I just feel like both on the individual and relational level, it just like gives us permission to be so unique and different from one another. And in doing that, it brings us so much closer together. Do you feel like that's the big uh, proverbial question mark that we're all trying to answer is the reason why we have so much suffering on our planet is because everyone is in everyone's business trying to tell everyone what to do and everyone has an opinion, but no one is actually really looking at themselves and how they operate? Yeah. And also trusting themselves. You know, part of why I fell in love with human design is that like, I can sit with somebody, but like, I'm not going to tell them like what they should do with their lives or like when they're going to meet somebody. It's not predictive. Like it basically is around helping them tap into themselves, whether it's like their gut or their voice or like feeling into things. Like we all have a very unique way of making decisions. And often we're just like avoiding it. You know, we're like looking to everyone else for answers, every, all the other teachers, and we're not really trusting ourselves. And so I think part of what I love most about human design is that it always returns us to ourselves to kind of like, help assess what is the right, like, what is the right relationship? What is the right job? What is the right city? What is the right expression of my energy? So I think it returns us to ourselves in a way that is so needed and often in a way that we haven't trusted. I think that's a big key for turning and opening up a door to thriving in life, right? Is to be able to kind of really come into a space of returning to yourself. Because if you look at some of the greatest masters and teachers, even in shamanism, the key element is always about go in, go back to yourself, return to yourself, come home to yourself, right? Seek, what was the the religious one? Was seek first the kingdom of God within your heart. You know, um, all of these different ways of like returning back to the self, right? People doing meditation. Do you feel like, like human uh, design is going to be able to create a, an awareness within people so that they're able to stop the conflict and the suffering that they're creating by emotionally reacting to things that are really not in alignment to their design? 
I mean, I would hope so. Like, I, I know that it might not be the tool for everyone, um, but I think that it does kind of reveal like all the areas where we are the most sensitive to other people's energy and areas where we can get the most taken off track. And also like, what are the things that we can like really rely on? You know, like, can I use an example for your design just to give an example? Of course. Yes, okay, you cool. know me, I'm super transparent. Go for <laughs> okay. it. So like, you know, an area in your design, I know we've talked about this before, but like you're such a hyper empath in your design in terms of just like feeling when everyone's feeling, which is like such an incredible gift. But if you don't really know how to work with that, it can be incredibly overwhelming. Like you might be trying to fix everyone else's stuff, taking it on as your own, like not really speaking your truth. And so like, it is like learning how to work with that and not get overwhelmed by it. You know, so when we kind of understand those areas of sensitivity, we can just like move from the shadow and into the wisdom. Whereas, and for you, the real way of making decisions in your design is about talking things out, is about just saying things out loud and kind of allowing your truth to land by just giving voice to it. And that's how clarity comes. And so, you know, you obviously know this experience better than anyone else. But like, it's just like knowing that like, okay, I need clarity. I'm going to talk it out. Like, that's how I know what's true for me. And I'm going to just like honor the process that I go through and also honor that it might be entirely different than like my partner, friends, anyone around me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my girlfriend, it's interesting too, because I'm the type of person that I like to talk things out, but I also like to come into understanding of like, I love conflict. And a lot of people have an issue with conflict, but I actually love conflict because I see conflict as an opportunity to engage other forms of thinking, to bring forth a new understanding of thinking, right? And I think as we keep avoiding conflict, avoiding that, uh, that elephant in the room kind of thing, we actually are limiting ourselves from engaging and learning about new things. And so for me, it's not about debating. It's about being able to understand the relative points of view that can be similar or be completely different, but also offer an us a new pathway in which to look down and how to perceive life, you know? And like, even in my relationship, my girlfriend, for instance, like I will get to things much more quicker because I will talk them out and feel that that was for her. She has to go down whatever road she's on to be able to get to something. And then, so I just hold space for her to arrive at that point. And I've already, I've already been sitting there, but I just keep my mouth shut and just allow her to arrive there. And then once she arrives there, she actually sees the places where she wasn't in alignment. And then she goes, oh, okay, I got there now. I see what it was and I get it. Whereas for me, I just need to talk it out. And then all of a sudden, all the epiphanies and information just come to me naturally and easily. And then I sort through it very quickly. Exactly. And I love that example because you're also like not forcing her to like align with your process. It's like, you've got a very different one, but we'll like meet on the other side once we both reach our clarity in our own ways. And it really is just like, it's so useful. Like in my partnership, my partner is very instantaneous. Like it's like in his gut in the moment, he just knows. Whereas like, I've got to sleep on things and feel into things and like kind of work through them in a different process. And again, when we stop like taking these things personally and making each other wrong for being different, it's just like so much easier to relate. (laughs) You know, it's just like, how can I honor your process? How can you honor mine? Okay, great. Let's not like expect each other to be more similar than we are. Well, I think that's a big milestone for sociology, if you ask me, because I think that the, the way that we adapt as human beings is we often allow other people to dictate to us who we are and how we should operate. And I think that creates a big conundrum because it creates a lot of uh, self-dissonance. And we begin to start relying upon other people's viewpoint of us instead of creating our own. As I always say, if if you have an empty shelf, someone's going to put something on it. And it's like, so it's important for you to know what's on your shelf, right? Mm -hmm. And so- I think it's a I think human design offers an opportunity to really put the power back in people's hands, wouldn't you say? 
hundred percent, you know, and like, again, just like really owning who they are and noticing all the areas in which they've let other people's perceptions kind of guide their direction and just like coming back to what their own truth is. So I do, I think that it really just like grounds people in themselves. They can make decisions from such an aligned, grounded, purposeful place. And then again, I think be more connected in general. Have you seen in, um, in your path in human design that by people actually understanding this information, they've been able to actually create the neuroplasticity that they need in order to change their mindset to create new experiences? And have you seen those experiences manifest after they were shared human design? Yeah. And I think, you know, we call human design an experiment because it's not like you learn your human design and then you're like, I'm good. You know, it's just like you learn your human design and then you keep returning to it day after day, like just thinking through it. And like, for me, it's like my design is always in my mind as I make my decisions just to kind of see where I'm in alignment, where I'm not. When people really put an effort to integrate it into their lives, like they just start choosing differently. You know, they start showing up differently. They start to be aware of their shadows differently. They start to kind of like honor what their unique strengths are and like not be like, oh, everyone can do that. It's like, no, I can do that. You know? So I think it really is like such a practice to just like keep returning to and keep reminding us of who we are. You know, I have this one offering, which is like a written guide to your design. And I have clients that wake up and like read it every morning to be just be like, this is who I am. And like, I'm going to show up in my highest self today and like not get pulled off track. So I think when we keep reminding ourselves of it and use it as a framework to just really engage with our daily lives, it allows us to just show up in such a more aligned way and also make decisions in a way that just feels better for us. Uh, I think that's amazing. Does it say anything about my design, about the fact that I take naps throughout the day? You know, yes. because yes. literally I can't function a whole day. Like I have my team, they set up my schedule and I get up at five o'clock every morning. Now I'm moving it to 4.30 because I have a new sauna that's coming in and I want to put that into my regimen with my morning swim. But I get up, I do my PEMF, I go and do my sauna, do a swim, do my biking. And then I go in and I start, you know, start my day, which usually starts around six o'clock when I start actually engaging with people. But in the first part of my day, it's all like self, self, self. And then during the middle part of my day, I have my nap time for one hour. And then I have my spiritual work time, which I spend an hour on. And then I have my time to be able to do all the other things like go in the studio, record things and so forth like that. Is that in my human design, this kind of weird structure that I create for myself? <laughs> what I would say, so you're a projector in human design and basically like projectors are not here to like do, do, do all day long. Like your energy is really kind of meant to ebb and flow. And so you're not really meant to just like work crazy long hours. Like naps are so recommended for projectors, just like space in the middle of the day to like, just like slow down, rest, honor the ebbs and flows of your energy and just recharge. Like for you, it's not about just like outputting all day, but finding like real balance between kind of like output and input. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, let me just take and nourish, give, take and nourish, give. And the other piece that I would share is that you've got such an investigative nature to your design. So I think really having space to just like dive deep into things and research and learn is also probably going to be an important, you know, routine, whether or not that's daily or weekly or monthly, but also probably very nourishing. I'm definitely the Jack Cousteau of investigation, <laughs> but the way... <laughs> I definitely could say that because literally when I investigate anything, it's never investigation from like reading something. It's always an investigation with spirit. I go straight to the spirits and I'm like, okay, what is underneath this? What is this thing here? Am I afraid to look at this? Is this a fear? Is this a phobia? Am I holding on to something? Am I being stubborn about something? Am I being like, I'm right and I know everything kind of thing? Like, you know, like I investigate myself. I call it loving interrogation. I interrogate every aspect of my being mm -hmm. and every aspect of what I see, not from a judgmental place of this is right and this is wrong, but from a place of refinement. Like how can I refine this information, make it simpler, more easier for people to digest? Mm -hmm. How can I show 
up in much more loving ways? And is the ways that I'm showing up loving or, or do they need more refinement? And so for me, it's that constant refinement and that constant investigation of what people say to me when I hear what people say. I don't really listen to what they really say. I listen to the tones, yeah. the vibrational energies, and then I follow those frequencies down to the source where it came from. Is it coming from their mom? Is it coming from their dad? Is it coming mm-hmm. from some pain in their life, some trauma? Is it coming from a spirit in another dimension? Let me follow this. I, I pull, you know, I, you know how someone pulls a string. Yeah. So when I hear a sound vibration and someone speaks, I take one sound. And I traveled through the source of the sound through their being. And I find it's either like another form of entity, some other being or some angel or some parent or some ancestor that passed it down through their bloodline. And then I re- and then I understand a deeper understanding of what it is. So that's really interesting that yeah. that's in my design. It's just like what else going does it to the say? Room. I'm very, very interested hmm. to find out some more. Please share okay, with great. me. Yeah. So, you know, one of the strategies, so all, there are five different types in human design. Each type has a strategy. So the strategy for your type as a projector is about waiting to be recognized and invited in. And this is not meant to be a passive thing. It just means that your energy is like very penetrating and intense. And like, you're really here to kind of transform the right people. But if people like aren't ready for you, it's probably not going to like be great for them or for you, you know? And so for you, it's just being such a, a curator of like who you're really working with, collaborating with, partnering with, friends with, and making sure you feel so authentic authentically seen and recognized by them because like you're not for everyone and you don't really want to waste your energy on people that aren't ready for you. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's interesting. So I'm okay. Let me just grab this real quick. Okay. Let me just go ahead. I wait for people to be able to handle me, to connect with me. I am intense. I am. And if wrong people get, if I make, if I show up in the wrong person's like, you know, pathway yeah. um, and they're not ready for my intensity and the realness and the feelness and the, the cuddles and the touches and the laughs and the eye gazes and all that, it's probably <laughs> not going to work out really well for them. <laughs> it totally. just doesn't, it goes south. Like my niece made a joke once because we used to get invited by a lot of tribal members to come when I would go to different countries. I'd be like, oh, come stay at my house instead of stay at a hotel or something like that, you know? And my niece would go with me because she's my manager and literally we'd get there and she'd be like, well, maybe I should start packing because um, I can already see that the people that you're staying with uh, can't handle you, you know? And literally she would be right. Like within like two days, two minutes or like a day or so, like the person would say, you know what? I really need you to find a hotel, you know? And it's not because I'm this bad person. It's just Mm -hmm. like, wherever I go, I have this immense energy. So anything that's hidden under the rugs or anything that someone stuffed in a drawer or anything that they're not allowing themselves to see that is like going to help them get to the next level, it just comes out. Yes. Yes. Well, you can see it all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's just making sure that like the people are receptive and ready to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, That's the big turning point for me, I think. I think I need to really go over that one a lot. Because a lot of times people aren't ready to hear it. And then I realize I have to like tone it down, but I don't want to tone it down because I feel like I'm toning myself down. So then I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so what is the lesson here? Is the lesson for me to blow them out of the water and let them go through like this process (laughs) of like shaking and throwing up and going through whatever they need to go through to get back to their equilibrium of their truth? Because I'm not here to do anything other than just kind of shine the light of love into everything that they've been lying about to themselves that's caused them pain. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. You know, and it really is like the gift of projectors as a type is making people feel like so recognized and seen and like seeing all the things. But again, it's just like really penetrating that energy and the people that are actually like ready to be transformed by it, which doesn't mean that it'll be easy, but like are ready for the guidance. 
Another big area of your design is you've got this like very creative design. You have what we call the um, the strength of being the creative role model, which means that it's just so important for you to feel like so creatively and authentically expressed in like whatever it is that you do. And you're here to kind of just do things in like a very like freaky, unique, genius way. Like you're here to kind of walk a path that has not been walked before. And when you are like so bold and authentic and courageous in how you just like dress and share and express, it basically inspires other people to kind of be equally bold, you know, and you're like such a natural leader, not because you're like, follow me, but because people are like, I want to just follow whatever that's happening there, you know? So it really is just like honoring, honestly, just like making sure that you feel creatively expressed in your work and that you're doing things differently and not like modeling it after how other people have done it before. I can never do that. You know, I learned that what I learned that in grade school that like all the kids were in these social cliques and I didn't fit into any of these cliques. So yeah. I created, I, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to still, I'm just going to spray paint my pants, write poetry on one leg. I'm going <laughs> to like, you know, write words on my shoes that tell a story on one shoe. And the answer to the story is on the other shoe. You know, I'm just going to like do, I'm going to bring my skateboard and write it to, you know, write it when I want to write it. And I'm just going to be that guy listening to my Metallica. Of course, I'm wearing a Metallica shirt right now. And just like, you know, and just, just jam out whenever I want to jam out, you know, and people just thought I was the craziest, weirdest thing. They're like, oh, you're such a freak. You do magic. You like talk to spirits. You have these abilities. Like you do weird things to people in school. And then I just stuck true to who I was. Like, I'm not going to follow your thing. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, oh my God, you're so cool. Like you're so unique. Can you make me a pair of pants too? And I was like, yeah, I'll make a jacket for you, you know, and literally took all this uh, how do you say, like magazines and everything, you know, and I had this friend named Locke and he was a sewer. And so we, I drew this whole design where I created jackets for everybody based on all the fashion prints inside of plastic, inside to make into a jacket. So you would actually be wearing the, the, the magazine clippings all oh in your God. jacket and in your pants. And it was so sick. And then people were like, oh my God, what else can you do? And then I had my dad, um, put oil on his tire and I had pair of pants and I had p- him roll over the pants with the tires movements. And then I painted so cool. around the tire marks and stuff like that. And then I put like poems, like he ran over me in the darkness of the night. I fell oh so far, God. but I saw the light and then, you know, and things like that. And I would sign SD on it, you know, and people were just like, this is crazy, dude. And right. I actually had a, I had a nickname. I called myself, uh, I had different ones. I had one that was called um, Blue Water Falcon was one of my names. My other name was Creed. And then I called myself um, uh, Shadow Dancer. Wow. And everyone used to like, I have girlfriends this day who still have the jackets I made for them with my name Shadow Dancer. That's amazing. It. So that's so cool. I say that. And it's funny because I had to talk with my sister a year ago and I was like, you know what? I'm much more better in the creative aspect of the business. So yeah. why don't you, and you're such a business person. So why don't I put you as the CEO of my company and yeah. I'll stay the creative. That totally. way I can feel free and I can do what I want to do. That's so amazing that my design says that. Tell me, I'm so interested to know more. I know. And also like, you know, that you're going to like keep wanting to like create and make like new things. You know, I don't, I can imagine you would be like a little bit unsatisfied just like doing the same thing all the time because like you oh. just have this like creative energy that you see the channel that they're like creating new things. So I think having support around you so you can just be in that lane is probably where you'll thrive the most. 
Another big area of your design. So when you look at a chart, you'll see there are areas that are white and areas that are kind of colored in. And all the areas that are white are the areas where you are the most sensitive to other people's energy. And of the nine possible areas, seven of yours are white. So you're just taking in a lot of energy. You know, So the areas where you're more consistent in your design is like your voice and your identity. Like Those are the things that are there. You're always expressing but you're very sensitive to other people's emotions, like I shared. Um, And the wisdom is like learning to confront, speak your truth, be wise about them, like not take them on as your own. Um, Also very sensitive, just like other people's energy in general. And you've got so much wisdom about around kind of knowing how they can use it best, you know, how they can kind of use their energy to just be their best selves and be most effective. You're often probably also very sensitive to like what's happening in their body and where things are off balance and what kind of support they need. And also very sensitive to their fears and also their stress and ideas and opinions. Like there's so much energy that you're taking in and so much of that work, like I said, is to not take it on as your own. And like not try to be more consistent than you naturally are, but just kind of exploring all the perspectives, all the ideas without being like, I've got to choose just one. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I feel that way. I mean, literally, I, I always used to say I was a stream of rainbow rainbows because every rainbow was like an informational gate of information pouring into my body. And I always felt like I was this prism, you know, that I can, I can, I mean, I can walk into a room and there could be like 50 people in the room and I can see every single thing going on with every single person's body in their health, in their emotional well-being, in their mental health. I could re I could even hear their thoughts of their cycle thoughts, not the ones that they just pop in, but the ones that are constantly playing itself out and it's always there. And I can also see how the way in which they feel like what would actually make them feel better as a human being and create more in their life. Like even like Mm. I have one friend of mine who was having money problems and I just went to his house and I like, he had these skis in the garage and I saw them one time I was there. So I just walked in his garage. I grabbed his skis and I put it in front of him. And he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, you need to go skiing to change your money situation. So just go skiing and you'll see what I'm talking about. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, I, I see and feel the thing that's causing the imbalance. And when I looked for the formula, skiing showed up. So I went, I saw the other day I was visiting. I saw your garage. I was in your garage when we pulled the car in. I saw you had skis and I, and my spirits told me you don't use them anymore. And so I would really like for you to, wow. you know, to go skiing. And he's like, well, you know, the reason why I don't go skiing was because my brother died in an avalanche and I haven't been able to feel comfortable going back on the ice, being out there mm. in the snow, because it reminds me of my brother. I go, well, then that's what you need to go confront and you need to go ski. Mm-hmm. So the moment he went back to skiing, all this opportunity came for him. Money, business, everything just went boom, 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 one after another. And I just see it. I see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just like, you feel it all, you know, it's like, I'm not, feeling it's it. like feeling it in your own body. It's like, it's a feeling and amplification of it, you know? And so it feels like you're so in the wisdom of all of it, where it's like, how can I treat all these things I'm sensing and feeling as just like intel into what's happening and the people around me, rather than kind of like personalizing and confusing that stuff as my own, you know? And so like kind of having that space. And I feel like you do this to so just be in your own energy and just like recharge and disconnect and just like kind of let go of all the stuff that's not yours is so essential another big part of your design is your kind of experimental nature. Like I I think we maybe talked about this before, but like you're very much here to learn by like trial and error and making mistakes and bumping into things and failing and learning and evolving. And so like, honestly, the biggest shadow for you would be like, not like trying to do things perfectly the first time and making yourself wrong for making mistakes. But like your design would say mistakes are how you learn. Like you're here to get like messy and your hands dirty. And the question to always ask yourself is like, 
what can I learn from this to like do better next time? You know, and there's so much wisdom in this where it's like these people share such powerful stories when they're like, I made all these mistakes. I failed in all these ways and I can help you do better, you know? And so there's such value in kind of sharing your personal journey with the world in that way. That's so true. I martyr everything. I martyr and martyr and martyr everything. Literally every single thing I've ever done in my entire life, I go into it. I used to be hard on myself. I used to get angry at myself. Like, I can't believe I made a mistake. And then I learned over time and more in my training as a shaman and becoming who I am that those actually were gemstones to me because what they did was it helped me to martyr information and, 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 and the way that people perceive life, I martyr it. So like if I was to study Christianity, I would go and become a reborn again Christian and, and learn and see what they do. But then I would dive even deeper to the deeper knowledge of how it supports humanity. And then I would weed out all the things that it doesn't need to support (laughs) because it's not serving anyone. Uh Right. And so I always consider myself like this really high powered juicer. And I'm like juicing all this, like yeah. juice and I'm like getting rid of all the pulp that you don't need, yes. you know, and just giving you the good stuff. Like, here's the good stuff from Christianity. Here's the good stuff from like the Quran. Here's the good stuff from yes. like the Bhagavad Gita. Here's the good stuff, you know, that's yeah. really going to empower you to reach a higher pinnacle of success and acknowledgement and self-awareness and self-actualization versus you just having to weed through all that stuff. I already modeled it. I already did it. Like I went in, I felt it, I moved through it, I cried, I screamed, I yelled, I rolled on the floor. Why did you forsake me, God? (laughs) You know, and then like come out of it and be like, oh, I get it. Like you had nothing to do with this because if I just basically looked at everything I just went through, I realized that you actually don't interfere in human choices because you can't, because then you would be choosing a side and choosing a side would mean the whole universe would seem to to no longer exist. And that's why you gave us all free will. So all of our free wills serve us individually and collectively as we choose them. Mm -hmm. Oh, fascinating. Mm -hmm. But I had to go down that road to get into that space. That's beautiful that this human design says all this about me. And it's also so interesting because like the traditional language for that is called the martyr. It's like the martyr in human design. And it's also like the pioneer. I love what you said, where it's just like, I'm going to like stand up and tell the truth about all the things that aren't working anymore. And I'm here to like evolve them into a better way and like kind of extract extract the pieces that we need to know, which it sounds like you're so doing. And also it also comes with this. It's just like a need to do it yourself. Like somebody might be like, this thing's really cool. You're like, cool. Like I'm not really going to believe it until like I experience it, embody it, like get my hands dirty with it. And so just embracing that process, which it sounds like you do in all the ways. It's, it's so true because I had to talk with my, one of my male buddies the other day and I was explaining to him why we need to start focusing our energy on women's health care and focusing on, on, you know, on women um, you know, being able to have what they need to sustain. And he didn't see the value of it. He just was like, well, men are the ones who actually are doing this and that. And he was making these statements to me. And I was like, okay, so who brings life into this world? And he's like, women. I go, okay. And when you and who makes you feel good um, about yourself and realize your potential? He's like, well, I mean, okay, my mom and my 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 wife did. I said, okay, so who are the cornerstones of society? Who bring the children? Who who raise the children? And he's like, okay, mostly women. And, you know, I do too, but, you know, it's mostly women. And we got into this deep conversation. And then I said to him, I said, so can you see that women, by giving women what they need to be even better, it actually helps us be better? He's like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Like, that's crazy. Why didn't I realize that? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, exactly. And it was like, but it was interesting because for me, it was always about, okay, this is not working this is not a functional situation on our planet. Yeah. 
So I'm going to bring a voice to it. And I'm mm-hmm. going to bring a voice to it in a way that gets people to not see that they're bad or wrong for thinking. Like, I'm not here to tell him he's bad or he's evil for the way he thinks. I'm just saying to him, there's a better way. Yeah. So let's look at the better way yes. and let's look at the way that's not functioning. And, mm-hmm. and so that's a, that. So you're telling me right now that all of these things you've said to me yeah. are inside this design. Of yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm also noticing, which I didn't even tell you before, when you were talking about your routines and rituals, you've got like the quality of ritual in your design. So just having like consistency around like your daily rituals, daily routines is so healthy for you. Whereas I'm like all about the extremes, like just doing it differently every day. So it's so, I love, I love hearing what you're sharing earlier. Yes, it's all in your design, but you can also see that it's not like you're going to do this or meet this person or like, this is going to happen. It's more just like, this is how you learn. This is how you make decisions. This is how you best use your energy. This is how you can best be supported. These are the things to watch out for. And these are the things to lean into. Does it say anything about relationships? Like how I am in my relationships? I think, well, you're very independent in your design. So like, you know, I think that it's probably really important to be in a dynamic where you just feel like your independence is honored and you can like really kind of be in your own flow and in your own space when you need. But like, I think that projectors like in general, like I think as long as you feel so deeply recognized and appreciated and like seen in your relationship, um, I feel like maybe we did talk about this, but one recommendation I would have for you and obviously take it or leave it is like, it actually is recommended to like sleep in your own energy and not like share a bed nightly with your partner. Um, oh, you did say that. Yes. I told my girlfriend that. And she was like, absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> I was yeah. like, but babe, maybe it's a good idea that I have like, you know, not saying every night, but maybe right. one night during the week, I sleep in my own energy. And she's right. like, okay, we could talk about that. But she's like, I don't know. I don't know what Aaron is telling you. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people are really resistant to it. And like, that's why I just like, I always say take it or leave it. But I think that like, it's the idea is that sleep is like a really precious time to just like kind of release the energy that's not ours. And my partner and I, we have our own bedrooms, but we like love sleeping together. We just choose when to, you know, and our default is kind of recharge separately. Um, but I think in relationships, I would just say that you feel like really able to like be in your own independent flow when you need and like be in your own space and that you feel like so recognized and seen and appreciated by that person, you know, and deeply. Do you think that, because, you know, I realized that in, in, in an earlier part of my life, I used to date people who were very needy on me financially, like on all levels. Yeah. And then I felt like it was also a misuse of my power as well because, because their neediness on me, because I paid for everything, because I was the one who took care of every single detail of every date, of every single thing. Um, there was a bit of a resentment being built, you know, yeah. inside yeah. of me. And I felt like I was never having the space to be to be in my own energy, to drum when I want to drum, to dance, yeah. to dance naked and wild and free when I want to dance naked, wild and free. So, you know, to whatever it is I felt like I wanted to do. Like if I yeah. wanted to just go in nature and sit by a tree, I don't need someone going yeah. in and being like, when are you coming home? Why are you at this tree? Exactly. And then I started noticing as I got older, like with my situation now, I started being more attracted to both men and women because I, I, I'm a fluid person that were more independent mm-hmm. and more like stable in who they are as individuals and that mm-hmm. they are able to have their own success and their own money and their own things. And yeah. I have mine and I'm still very generous and giving, but I also like the space to be able to back away from them where they're so busy in their lives. They're yeah. not tripping off of me. 
100%, you know, and I find that often with that independence in your design, like people can be like a little bit triggered by it. You know, they're like, I want you to need me more. I want you to do all these things. And so it is just kind of being with and around people that so honor your independence and never make you wrong for it. And also where you can, like you said, honor the ebbs and flows, honor what you're inspired by and not like be made wrong for that. Another piece that I would share is that, you know, there are very simple signals in our design that kind of reveal whether we're on or off track. And so for you, a sense of being on track in your design is a feeling of success. It's like, I feel so recognized and appreciated and like compensated. I just feel like I'm like with people that just see me and a sense of being off track, which to me sounds like maybe was showing up a little bit in those previous relationships is bitterness where it's just like, I just like, I'm giving so much and I'm like not receiving in return. Like there's not a real reciprocity here or it's like, I see so much and no one's inviting me to share it. So it is just kind of interesting to notice where in your life you feel the most successful and bitter and kind of let bitter be an invitation to check in and see if that's really the right thing for you. I love that you said that. I mean, just recently, we I, I had to raise my prices for my private sessions. And literally, the reason why was because I wasn't, I was being pulled in so many directions from television to interviews to my life in the royal family to like being a dad to yeah. like being a friend to like my family to my own things to being there for the tribe and doing all I can to make sure that they have what they need and to make sure I'm going through all my DMs and everything and just a lot, a lot, a lot. And I just was like, every time a session would come up to do a one-on-one, I didn't feel inspired. I I started losing that feeling inside because I was being pulled in so many directions. And so literally a friend of mine was like, Dirk, does this interest you? Like, does this money that you're making interest you? And I'm like, no, he goes, okay, well, let's look at what interests you so that you feel, you feel compensated and acknowledged for the, the, for the love and the power that you spent your whole life since you were a little boy bringing into this beautiful energy to bring into people's lives that they're not going to get anywhere in the world. And so you are able to bring that in so eloquently. He's like, dude, I would pay whatever I could, you know? And he's like, and when I first met you, I did, you know, to be able to see you. And it was like, and it was just part of me. It was like, no, I shouldn't because what if people can't come in and da, 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 da. And it was like, but then it came into this place of like, I had to honor and value myself. Totally. And it's so interesting because another area in your design where you can get a little bit taken off track is like a tendency to just like undervalue yourself and overcommit and overcompensate and overpromise just to kind of like prove that you're enough and like just give, 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 give. And so much of your lesson is like, there's nothing to prove. Like I'm probably gonna have to charge things that are uncomfortable, but I just know that like my tendency is probably to give too much, you know, and I have to make sure there's more reciprocity and I feel like so taken care of in like what I'm giving because like the energy is so powerful, but it's like, I can't just overdo it. Yeah, that's so powerful because that's exactly what I've been going through. And like, I always, like, I was always the ones who would buy things for my friends, but I never bought anything for myself, you know? Like, I would wear the same tennis shoes. I mean, I have the same vans that I've had for 20 years. And I would wear my vans and I would just go and get them fixed and like, you know, and yeah. do like, and then like my friends were like, dude, like you never change your vans. I'm like, I love my checkered vans. Like, what are you talking about, man? You know? And like, and even with the clothes, like I keep my clothes. I'm not a person to get rid of things because I don't go out and buy myself new things. And then finally this whole new mindset came over me and it was like, you know what? It's okay for me to buy a pair of new kicks and to like, you know, perhaps maybe change my bedding the way I want to make it do something different, put up, hang up new curtains. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to change this or change that. And I just started doing it and it felt really good. And I realized, wow, I've been giving so much to everyone around me Mm -hmm. that I haven't been really taking and acknowledging what I need to get to the next level to Mm -hmm. be able to give more, but in a way that's harmonious and balanced. And that's so amazing. 
that it says that. That's why I had to start taking naps because I started noticing I would be so exhausted. Yeah. I mean, your energy is really meant to go like this. You know, it's like it ebbs and flows. And the more you like take rest and nourish yourself, probably the more energy you'll have on those like the flows, you know, but it is, you know, the recommendation for projectors is this, I, I know that I work more than this, but it's to work like three to five hours a day, you know, three to five hours of like output. And like the rest of the time is like input and nourishment and taking good care of yourself and like not just like go, go, going or do, do, doing. And one of your potential biggest shadows, mine too, is like an overzealousness of just like going, going, going and like not giving yourself permission to like, rest and slow down and stop. And so I'm so glad you're taking naps. It's just like one of the best things you can do as a projector. Yeah. I'm actually taking a nap right after um, this uh, interview with you. So good. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. So I wanted to ask you, how can using the human design as a tool be advantageous in our lives, especially in how we're dealing with relationships with other people? Is it supportive in that way to have Uh that knowledge? The most, you know, I think that like one, I definitely recommend like getting to know your individual design because I think it's not about like telling people like I'm this and you've got to honor this. It's more like, okay, how can I honor this? And I know when I do like that will ripple out and be respected by other people or at least by the right other people. So I would start on an individual level. And then like, I work with so many partnerships, families, teams for exactly this reason. So then I would like, start to look at the people closer to you, whether it's your kids, whether it's your partner, your parents, the people that you work with and start to really explore how to kind of honor your differences. You know, I think that like, I work with so many families, which is amazing. You can imagine like you have a type who has a kid who's a totally different type. And like, they were kind of like wanting them to be like them and very disappointed, you know, whereas like, when we know these things early on, we just feel permission to be who we are from day one. And so I would start on the individual level. And then I would start to look at the people close to you and really explore how you can honor their differences and also really support them and in stepping into them. You know, my partner and I have absolutely opposite designs. And I think understanding our designs has just been like the most useful thing in the world to like not take any of it personally or make each other wrong for it. That's amazing. I, so basically we do need to know who someone is because you said I'm a projector. So maybe I need to know who the people are around me. So I know how to interact with them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like in a small example, like my partner's a generator and he responds like best to specific questions. So if I ask him like, what do you want to see for dinner? Like I just get a blank stare. But if I'm like, do you want to go out? Do you want to cook at home? Like do you want to do this or this? He's like, yes, no, yes, no. Like he's just got such a visceral immediate gut response. And so like I found that giving him options is so much more effective than ever asking him like an open-ended question. You know, so there's just like even very simple things like that that can just make our communication tremendously easier, you know? I got to send my whole family to you then because I need to know who everybody is. So I can, so I can, so I can be on top of this thing. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. It's really, and one other quick anecdote I'll share, my sister's a manifester and manifestors like are just like not here to be controlled or told what to do in any way. Like I used to just like always be like, this is what you should do. And this is my advice. And she would just get so angry, you know, and like understanding that her design was just about like freedom and like never trying to control her or tell her what to do was so useful. I was like, wow, I've been like not respecting that my entire life, you know, and just like beginning to honor that made such a difference, you know, so they can be, it's so simple, but whether it's like managing a team or parenting or partnering, it just really like, it just creates a lot more flow and dynamics. I love that. So how can people get in touch with you and find out more about how they can, you know, to maybe even have a session with you or where can they find you? Can you tell us all the good, wonderful things about that? Yeah. So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. My Instagram is Erin Claire Jones. My website is ErinClaireJones.com. If you want to dive deeper, a beautiful place to get started is something called The Blueprint, which is basically like a 30 plus page written guide to your unique design. So it basically is like a manual to you that you can keep returning to. Um, I usually do discount codes for your audience. Do you want to do a discount code for your audience? Sure. Do you have like a word that you usually use? Shaman. 
shaman, the discount code will be shaman. Um, and then I also offer individual sessions, private sessions, family sessions, team sessions, to kind of really just understand how best to use it in your life. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for being with us on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Your wisdom, your love, your dedication, and just your true understanding of the human design and what you share with us to better our lives has really supported me. And I'm so many people who are listening all over the world, and I'm so grateful and thankful for you. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, my love. So I am super excited that we had the amazing Erin Claire with us, who is just a powerful soul, an amazing woman who focuses her energy in really creating change in people's lives. You know, Erin is so amazing because she's such a gift to the world. She brings so much knowledge and wisdom, and it was so beautiful to talk to her and learn more about the human design, which I thought was super cool. And, you know, really being able to take in all that information and knowledge really supported me to allowing me to be able to learn more about myself, which I think is really cool because when you're actually connecting with people who have that ability to really step in and be someone who is there to guide people to finding out how they can live their highest potential and trust in themselves because they know more about themselves. A lot of times people don't realize that the more you know about yourself, uh, it actually makes your life easier. So you're not being bombarded by other people deciding who you are and what you are, telling you who you are. And it makes it simpler in your life because that way you don't have to be affected by what other people say because you know what you say. And you you know, and I love how Aaron Claire Jones uses the human design to help thousands of individuals with companies and people in the business world as well. Because think about it, if you're a company and you're starting out a business or you're doing something and you realize, hey, I want to be able to make the most out of my business, the most out of my job. And you do so by simply being able to understand how things operate for you, you know the right steps to take so that you can be successful in every place you choose to operate from, right? And so having a guy like that, who is about bringing that level of deeper self-knowledge and giving you access to live with greater ease and authenticity in every single day is really, really powerful, you know, and really coming into realizing her own journey and how she came into that prospect of really seeing herself and knowing herself, meeting that person who she ended up working with and really being able to see that her life was meant to service and being a guide and an inspirational being who's there to help us to see the potential of how we can live our lives, you know? And when you realize that that power is so strong and so poignant and so necessary in today's culture and how we operate as individuals, because so many times we focus our attention on you know, listening to what other people have to say about us. And then we take bits and pieces of what other people have to say and we, we self-accumulate those things and then begin to play those things out because that's what we think other people want to see and hear and experience. And then we feel like self-betrayers to ourselves. We feel like we, we lie to ourselves and we put ourselves down and we limit ourselves. And then we feel like we're not a good person and we feel like we're a bad person. But the reason why we feel a bad person is not because of what we feel towards other people, but we feel like a bad person because of what we 
have done to ourselves. We know the abuse that we've created for ourselves because we've been so disconnected from our truth and who we are because we've allowed other people to deter us from our true self nature of self-worth and love. And that can only be given by us and to us. And so when we learn more about the human design and we learn about who we are, if we're a manifesting generator or a reflector, all these things that, you know, she shares, right? We understand that we're able to step into a new way of seeing ourselves and being ourselves. And I think the key element to a good life is to be able to be yourself, to really step into a space of, I can be myself without feeling afraid because people are going are to be uncomfortable with me because of the fact that I'm choosing to live my truth in my existence as me, not as they proclaim me to be, or they think I should be. And it doesn't matter what job you have or what possession, what a profession you have and how you choose to create your life. It should be created under the context of you, not someone else. And when you're coming into relationships with someone, if it's a love relationship or if it's just, you know, someone that, um, you know, who you're a friend co-worker or you're building a business with someone, it doesn't matter who it is. Even if you meet someone on the street or at a party or some event or some beautiful outing, the point we have to take into consideration is we show up better in the world when we are honoring who we are so that we don't have to hide or feel shameful for being what we are and who we are and really shine. Right. I mean, the more we shine who we are, the more we make it comfortable for other people to shine who they are. And then you've got this beautiful shine going on between two people and sharing a beautiful conversation and, and, and engagement that is that is creating more amplification of love, wisdom, joy, creativity, inspiration in the world than someone who shows up who's insecure and fearful and doesn't believe the world loves them and doesn't love themselves because that's why they believe the world doesn't love them. And they end up showing up in this very dis. dis- this very disconnected, very disassociated way that makes people feel uh, insecure with them. And then they show, they choose to play the same energy and mirror it back to the other person because that's what they, it brings out in them. Right. And so we, we begin to realize that the way we create the world is that we create a bread, a better world by being more responsive to who we are individually. And then that creates what we call a collective understanding of authenticity, not from the place of just individual authenticity, but collective authenticity. And that show it gives us space for each person to be who they are without being ridiculed or judged or persecuted or condemned or shamed or, or named or blamed because they choose to be something that is un, that that either people accept or don't accept or that is in that is foreign to someone in the way that they're showing up instead of people being able to say like well you know what? I don't understand that but that's okay because it's it's that's the person what they choose to do and I'm just going to hold space for them to be them because I'm going to hold space for me to be me because that's what I've been doing nonstop and therefore I'm not threatened by other people being different or having different views or different viewpoints or showing up differently or looking differently or dying hair a certain color or dressing a certain way, speaking a certain way and acting a certain way, as long as they're operating in a place of not hurting anyone uh, intentionally, I'm cool with them. And that's the key element here is being able to recognize the coolness of us being able to co-adapt with each other by knowing ourselves so indirectly um, from the perspective of ourselves, not from the perspective of another person, right? And so being able to have that mindset and be able to understand what Aaron was talking about when it comes to these five different types of human design, really learning about who you are and why you are is going to give you power, tribe. It's putting the power back in your hands, right? And so 
When you recognize that you're able to connect into this space, you begin to create an awareness of the advantages that your life can really bring to you. And it doesn't matter if it's in the workplace or if it's individual relationships, it doesn't matter in any situation, you're able to show up in a way that makes sense. Right. And that way you're able to be clear of all these types of attachments that people would put on you or could put on you and you dismiss them and clear them. I really love this conversation. I think she's an amazing woman, someone who has been featured in Forbes and Mind Body Green and Well and Good. Um, I have a lot of respect for this amazing powerhouse. And it's just beautiful to see someone who went and took their life in a different direction because of their passion. And I think we should live through passion. We should operate through passion and realize that we have the potential to be whoever we want to be as long as we're willing to show up for ourselves, love ourselves, and shine the best way we can by honoring who we are. I love you, Tribe, and I'm thankful for you. And I know that you have enjoyed this amazing, amazing um, co connection and just conversation that, that Aaron, Claire Jones, and I had today on Ancient Wisdom Today. I love you, and I look forward to um, you being in some other conversations that we have coming up. And I give you big hugs and kisses, and I will see you soon on Ancient Wisdom Today. Love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all of that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing 
restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>